Welcome to Stranger Bridgerland Podcast. True stories of the paranormal, ghosts, hauntings, cryptids, glitches, and more. Hey guys, welcome to our next podcast. Uh, this is John Olson, as always, and with me is Colton. Colton. Hi guys. Hi guys. We're so excited. We've had so many people start joining our podcast, and we so much appreciate that. And uh, we've got a lot of positive feedback, which we also appreciate. Very we, much. We just want to thank you guys. Before we get into our podcast this week, we have a couple announcements. Woo. Woo. So for those of you that don't know, we are going to be having a Para X again this year. We had our first one last year. Um, what Para X is, is it's going to be October 14th and 15th at the Cache County Event Center in Logan, Utah. Um, and there's going to be more details to come, but we have a lot of booths, a lot of activities. We've got speakers coming. Colton and I will both be there. Yes. Um, yes. And we're going to um, we're gonna also speak there at the conference. And you guys will get to meet us if you come. And we're really excited. We have two new sponsors that we want to shout out from our podcast. The first is Cache Valley Endocrine and Family Medicine. So they're right there in Logan in, in Providence. You're going to want to check them out. They do great stuff there. And the other one, which is a new one for this year, is the Idaho Falls Plumbing Company. So anything that you need for plumbing up there in Idaho Falls, check them out. They do a great job. And as always, the Para-X and our our, uh, podcast is sponsored by Stranger Bridgeland Book Series, which have five book series that's out and I have a sixth book coming out this fall which is Stranger Paranormal and who writes those books I can't remember I can't remember some some, some weird some, some weird weirdo. dude yeah, yeah the, named John Olson or yeah, something he has a really weird beard he's kind of like all messed up you know <laughs> weird guy right yeah yeah that would be me I'm a weirdo yes um but yeah, so make sure you check it out. Go to the StrangerBridgerland.com website, which is going to have all the updates for speakers that are coming. We're going to start doing speaker announcements in the next weeks, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Those Everybody that came last year just had a blast. I had and fun. Yeah, you had fun. I had fun. It was just so much fun. I don't want to use that word too much, which but one? it was fun. Fun? Ah. <laughs> But it was great. So I hope we get to see you guys there. Um, and and just, uh, again, StrangerBridgerland.com has all the information there as well. So to get started this week, we are actually talking about Stranger Native American folklore. In particular, we're talking about some of the cryptids that's associated. Bigfoot. Bigfoot is a big one. Um, Bigfoot is definitely a big one that's associated with Native Americans. Which Fry, is it's me, mm, big face. <laughs> right. <laughs> little uh, that's uh, a, Futurama. a little Futurama um, humor cool. for you there. Um, but yeah, so Bigfoot's a big one as well. He's called uh, the boss of the mountain by Native Americans. Yep. They refer to him, you know, if you ask 
you know, I've had the opportunity to speak to several different people in Native American tribes and talk a little bit about Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And you ask them, is he a physical creature or is he a metaphysical creature? Meaning, you know, not of this world or is he of this world? And they usually answer, yes, both. Both. <laughs> He's yes. both. Yes, he is. Um, wait, he, wait, wait, he, he's in charge, you know, uh, they talk a lot about him. He, he's in charge of the woods. He's the big man, the boss in, in charge of the woods. The big boy. Yep. And uh, they also speak about times when um, there were Native American tribes that went to war with um, some of the Sasquatch. There's some folklore about that as Dude, well. Imagine having Bigfoot as like your ally. Like it would, be like, it would be like actual guerrilla warfare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He, well, he knows everything about the mountains and everything. It's uh, it's it's very strange, though, the way, way he comes through on Native American folklore because a lot of uh, Native American, you know, um, spiritualism and and the folklore and their stories, it, it comes through as, like we say, metaphysical and physical creatures. And because, the, you know, they lived... And live their life in you know the outdoors in which was where they lived They're in harmony with nature and you ended up getting a lot of um, a lot of you know metaphysical things because of it and it's the same with a lot of the creatures that they talk about in Native American folklore mm -hmm. again you know we talked about on the last episode we talked about skinwalkers and how they're really tight-lipped about skinwalkers and a lot of their um a lot of their physical and metaphysical creatures because you know it's 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 a religious thing for them yeah and you know it's not secret it's sacred and there's a difference you know they don't like to talk about it not because it's secret things but because it's we, sacred things don't to talk them about his private. don't talk about his private <laughs> exactly and so um bigfoot's definitely a big one and you know, we're going to end up, we, we've got an episode coming up, not next, but it's coming up dedicated to Bigfoot and Sasquatch. I know Colton is extremely excited I am. about I'm, doing that one. That's, I'm excited for that. That's that's going to be a big one, and we've got a lot of information coming, you know, and, and hopefully we can touch on some things that, that you might not have heard of before or... Um, some some things that you isn't just things you've heard over and over again, yeah. but we're gonna get into Sasquatch a lot. Some of the other Native American things that I've I've studied. Now I'm gonna jump into one because this was originally one I was gonna get to at the end of the episode, but when I read about it, I got so excited because it relates directly to a group of stories that I have been collecting over the last, you know, so many years. And uh, I came across this, uh, this individual, I guess you could say, um, in Native American folklore, and I just, it was really exciting. So it's called the, let's see if I can get this right, Chalak, <laughs> I'm going to slaughter a lot of names, by the way, today. I'm going to, because I'm going to say them all wrong, but... Bear with me. It's called the... All right. So this creature is called the Chula Chucky. Okay. Oh. Chula Chucky. Now, 
the Chulachucky name actually comes from South America. Mm-hmm. But there is creatures through North American, um, Native American folklore that is very similar to this creature. So what piqued my interest when I read about it, the Chulachucky, was the fact that, you know, first of all, it explains itself as a strange creature with one leg that's backwards and walks weird and is in the forest and it's kind of an evil spirit slash real creature but this is what piqued my interest it's been known to mimic um relatives of people to lure them into the forest so kind of like what we talked about last episode was it last episode or a couple episodes ago a couple episodes again ago with the not Not my cousin cousin. right that's we might have an explanation of what it is now right it is a Chulachucky, which is also it's also um, described as a um, a mimic or um, a doppelganger ganger type type of creature. But it does this to lure people into the forest. And when I first read that, I had to read it again because I was like, "Holy crap! I've been searching for a long time for a connection between not my cousin stories and." something in Native American folklore or even in European folklore. Um, and it, it did match up with God doppelgangers, but then this Chula Chucky, which um, does the same thing, matches up as well. So I'm going to tell one of those stories now, one of the many stories of um, this happening to people. So I was contacted by this, this um, lady uh, from Northern California, and her name is Demi. And... Uh, growing up in Northern California, she grew up in a town that wasn't very, you know, wasn't a really big town, but it was kind of mountainous near the uh, northern part of California. For anybody who doesn't know, northern part of California is not nearly as densely populated as uh, San Francisco and L.A., which are the densest population in California. Yeah, it's like kind of by like Oregon area. Yeah, Oregon and that kind of area. And um, she was actually raised by her grandma and grandpa. Um, and when she was a, a freshman in high school, she missed the bus one day. And it was a Friday, and she was excited to get home because her cousin, who lives um, one city over, was supposed to come and visit. So, But she missed the bus because she had to visit with a teacher. She goes out, the bus is gone, and she's like, okay, fine, I'll walk home. So as she's walking home, she had to pass this building, which was an abandoned building, um, because they lived even further outside of town. And as she passed the building, she heard something whistling at her to get her attention. She turned and her cousin, uh, her cousin's name was, oh, Jill. Her cousin is standing at the mouth of the building. And she's like, Jill, what the crap? What are you doing? And Jill kind of smiles and waves for her to follow her. And she walks into the abandoned building. And she's a little nervous because, you know, there was, you know, at times homeless people that would fill these abandoned buildings. And she's like, what are you doing? And and so her cousin waves her in and disappears into the building. And she follows Jill into the building. And she's looking around. And then Jill's at the end of the hall, kind of laughing and giggling and waving for her to follow her. And she's like, what are you doing? We got to get home. We got to get home. You know, what are you doing? And she gets to the end of the hall. She's missing. And there's a staircase going up to the second level. And her cousin's at the top of that staircase 
first of all, she has no idea how her cousin got up there without her seeing her. And um, she's like, we've got to go. And she, her cousin's trying to wave her on up without talking but giggling. And and she just gets super creeped out, which I mean, I obviously would. would. But the funny thing is that, look, it was her cousin. It looked like her cousin. And yeah. so she's like, and so she gets creeped out. And she starts leaving the building. And as she's leaving the building, she can hear Jill giggling and laughing. And she thinks she's playing a prank on her and she's mad. Runs out of the building and runs home. She opens the front door into her, her house, which is her, her grandma's house. And Jill's sitting at the table having some cookies with grandma. And she's like, how how did you get back here so fast? And how she's like, what? how did you beat me here? And she's really mad at her cousin. And her grandma is like, she's been here all afternoon what are you talking about and so she uh demi had heard my story uh, when i told it on a podcast about um these these entities that um mimic cousins or older brothers or family members or friends even yeah and try and get to kids to leave and and so she had contacted me because she hadn't heard of the the situation but there's been a lot of those cases where it's either at the edge of the city or an abandoned building, but a lot of times it's them trying to draw you into the woods. Mm -hmm. And so the Chula Chucky really piqued my interest when I was doing research for this podcast because I, I had had no idea that there was a Native American legend of these creatures. And again, the Chula Chucky name is from Brazil and South America, but they're supposedly also in um, Shoshone and um, Ute Nation. They have other names for them. But, yeah, I just found that really amazing. And that connection, which I hadn't made that connection before. Yeah. is really weird. Um, so that's definitely one that's a big one in the Native American folklore that they talk about. I actually have a story of uh, the... I can't remember where I read it. But, anyway... This this guy and two of his buddies were out elk hunting in, I think it was in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And one of his buddies, uh, like, messed up his ankle. And, oh, yeah. And so he's going to walk, he's, he was going to walk back down to the truck. And the two other, him and his, and his other buddy were going to walk down the canyon, walk down a draw and, meet, and have. The one that hurt his ankle go, meet them at the bottom. Meet him at the bottom. And as they started walking, they noticed the uh, big rain cloud coming over the over the top of the mountain. And so they're like, all right, well, if it gets too bad, we'll just like hunker down. And I started walking, started sprinkling, and then it got it started to downpour. So they so uh, they were already on different hills. Mm. So one of the the uh, one of the guys got under a an overhang, right? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. That's in, um, I think it's my last book. Um, he got into an overhang and wanted to just um, hang out until the rainstorm was over and get out of the rain. And then uh, all of a sudden uh, a mist came in. Is this the one that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. So a mist came in, a really strange mist formed or poured in next to him under this overhang. And then it slowly turned into the form of a Native American um, 
a warrior kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. And it fully formed into this this vision of this Native American with a loincloth and, and all of this stuff. And he stood there and watched it in, in shock and kind of horror because yeah. it's not something you normally see. And after a few minutes, it formed back into a mist and then just slowly left the cave again. That, I like reminds me of like Brother Bear, you know? Oh, right. Yeah, the, the Disney film of Brother Bear, yeah. right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's that's definitely one, too. Of um, I, I have gathered a lot of stories about people who have run into... Um, Native American spirits. One that's one of my favorites is up in, they were in Montana hunting, and he's sitting, this this kid, he was a teenager at the time, and he's overlooking, looking for elk, I believe, deer or elk, I can't remember, and he's watching. Always elk. (laughs) And um, all of a sudden, right below him was some horses coming he could hear the horses coming and then as they walked into view they were all uh, it was a band of native americans about five or six um, native americans in full regalia and everything riding bareback and um he got a really good view of them and as they walked down in front of him they should have been able to see him but they didn't rec- you know they didn't yeah. recognize they saw him and he watched and as they walked into these trees right in front of him, they just disappeared. And he walked down and couldn't find the, the hoof prints or anything of them. Dude, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, and the, what was really cool about that story as well is because it wasn't like a vision where you could see through them. He's like, they were solid, and I could I could see the, you know, see so it was solid. I could smell the horses. I could They were close enough I could smell the horses. But as they walked into the band of trees, they just one by one disappeared. And um, it was just kind of a vision from the past kind of a deal, which yeah. which happens quite a bit, which is kind of cool, too. Um, so another, um, another creature, too, that the Native Americans uh, talk about is the Powapik. Powapik, which I am saying wrong. And if you guys... Want to correct me? Feel free to email in and 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 help me with that. Pawapik or water babies? Oh, I love these. Yeah, these are so cool. These are terrifyingly cool. Terrifyingly cool, right? So, um, in the Uinta Mountains, especially again, Uintas. Yeah, again, the Uintas, right? We talk a lot about that. That's like one of the most paranormal hotspots. Paranormal. Paranormal hotspots. Um. And also in Pyramid Lake in Nevada is supposedly um, is where the water babies or pawapics live as well. Um, and what they are are small creatures that mimic the sounds of babies or even mimic the sounds of women at the water's edge at night to try and lure in people, young men, <laughs> young men the women to lure in the young men, or mothers to lure in, and then they they drowned people and they're very similar to um the european uh, uh, mermaid stories you know when you think of mermaids you think of the little mermaid and you think of beautiful nice you know women on top fish on bottom kind of uh, mermaids that 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 sing to sailors but the actual real mermaids that they talk about in folklore, both in Europe and the Native Americans, 
There's also some in South America, too. Jeremy there, Wade did an episode on that where it turned out to just be like a big old tarpon. Right, a big tarpon. But, right. It, mermaids is one of those things, and a lot of these will, will fit under that category, where they have different names, but they show up all over the world. And mermaids mm-hmm. and um, water babies are, are one of those as well. And when, when you normally think of mermaids... Um, like I said, you think of the nice Disney oh, princess, like oceans, range like oceans and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, real mermaid folklore is about dragging people to their death and murdering people. And Disney has and a way of making things a little really nice. Yep, it's it's the Disney way to make everything nice. But <laughs> anyway, uh, one story that I gathered from you know first person was from a woman named Brianne, her and her husband. Um, she grew she went to school here. She wasn't from here, but went to Utah to go to school at the University of Utah. And then her and her husband, they met because they loved the outdoors. And they spent years and years hiking up in the Uintas. And one night they were camping near Notch Lake, which is in the Uintas, a small lake up there. And the first night she got woken up with this baby cry. And she woke up, and she could hear this baby cry. And she woke up her husband, and he heard it a couple times, and then it stopped. And he convinced her that it was a mountain lion. Because if you've ever heard a mountain lion in the wild, they sound really weird when when they're crying and calling out. Yeah. They, don't, they can almost sound like a baby. So she brushed it off, and... The next night, you know, they did their thing. The next night, she mountain, falls asleep. Mountain lion still isn't the best thing to have in camp. No, that's not so not you know the the most exciting thing to have around. Next night starts again, and this time she wakes up her husband, and they listen, and it's coming from the lake. And he gets up, and she doesn't want him to leave, but he's like, you know what, you can stay here alone, or you can come with me. So he grabs the flashlight. They had an old flashlight, wasn't real bright. He didn't turn it on, but they walked down to the lake and um, sitting on a rock, it's partly in the water, partly on the rock, is this weird creature. She said it was about the size of a four-year-old and it's crying like a baby. Well, he flips on the light and even though it's a dim light, they get a really good look at it. It's a green, almost scaly um, and big big eyes that were that flashed in the the um the light of the flashlight and then it turned and had you know rows of teeth just nasty looking creature splash and it's gone into the into the river but she got a really good look at it really creepy and um they, obviously they ended up they spent the night at the fire then packed up and left but yeah. she had not heard of the Pawa pick, but I had at that point, and I kind of told her about the folklore around it, and that's exactly what it sounded like she saw, was the water baby up there, and again just, they draw people in to draw them into the water, drown them, murder them whatever, and um, that's that's another creepy Native American cryptid, I guess you could call it that they have going on uh, again, yeah. in the Uintas uh, have a lot of weird things going on and again, I the Pyramid Lake in Nevada is supposedly where it was as well. There's also some stories that you can find 
Um, from the first pioneers um, in the Provo Valley. There's a lot of cool stories from uh, that. The, yeah, there's a lot of cool stories like the about Bear Lake Monster. There's... Bear Lake Monster, which was also talked about by the Native Americans as well. Um, story time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you got a story about that? Sure. So, um, the when the first pioneers got here, they the mountain men helped them out a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, they're when they they used well. I, I'm having troubles. It's okay. So you know, then when the first pioneers got to Bear Lake, um, the natives and also the mountain men talked to them about the monster that supposedly lived in the lake, and supposedly it would come on on land to take their sheep, and it was it. They believed in it so much. That when Brigham Young visited, he went through a tour of northern Utah and went to Bear Lake to visit the saints. They believed it so much that they convinced Brigham Young, and there's written document of this, um, his scribe for that whole trip went through and was talking about, oh, we met the saints here, we had sacrament, we did this, we met this with the saints at Bear Lake, they're still having troubles with the monster, the Bear Lake monster, it's taking their sheep, then he goes on to explain the rest of it, they convinced Brigham Young to spend church money to buy a giant um, chain and have it shipped up to Bear Lake in order to catch the Bear Lake monster, that's how much they believed in the monster up there at the time, so... Um, definitely, and again, the Native Americans talked about that all the time to them. Um, another story about the Bear Lake monster. Uh, there was the they back then they used to use the lake to bring in logs. Mm, oh yeah, that's in one of my books as well. Yeah, really good stories. <laughs> <laughs> but the there's this boy. I think he was like what fourteen. Yeah, 15? around yeah around fourteen fifteen, and his job was to hook up the horses and, and pull the logs, logs out of the lake. And he did that. He got the logs, went up there. He looked back, and there's two more logs. And he's like, kind of like cursed underneath his breath, you know. Like went back down. Went back down to see if he could get the two logs he didn't know he'd missed. Yeah. And he got back down there, and they just like submerged. Yep. And like went off. They were two giant fish. Yeah. And when I heard that, I thought sturgeon. Mm-hmm. But there's no record of sturgeon or anything of that size in Bear Lake. Nope. Another really weird story about Bear Lake is there's Cisco in Bear yeah. Lake. Yep. During the summertime, no one knows where they are. Yep, they can't find where they go. The only time they see them is in February when, when they, they spawn. spawn. Yep. Yep. Other than that, they are nowhere to be found. Yep, they can't find out where they went. There's a lot of underwater um, cave systems up there. It's an ancient lake. It's a really ancient lake and kind of weird that way. So there's a lot of strange things that that are associated with Bear Lake. I myself have been there when it quote-unquote turns over, the lake turns over. And what happens is if a big storm comes through in the summer, they say the lake turns over and the warm water at the top Mm -hmm. replaces the cold water at the bottom and you get a lot of things that come up and with it and it's it's really kind of weird and strange and i've also been on that lake when a huge storm has come through so it it can four, be a scary little, little 14 foot john yeah, boat it doesn't, was, doesn't work real well on a boat no lake. no but bear lake is and and bear lake what 
<laughs> what is the famous thing that Grandpa says about Bear Lake? It's kind of a funny thing in our family because Grandpa says it a lot. We love Grandpa. What does he always <laughs> say about Bear Lake? It's the, it's the Caribbean, Car- Caribbean of the Rocky Mountains. Caribbean of the Rocky Mountains because of why? The color of the water. <laughs> the blue color. The blue color of the water. That's right. And we make fun of him for it. Yeah, we, we kind of make fun oh. because Grandpa says that a lot. We love Grandpa, though. Um... So, yeah, Bear Lake has a lot of Native American history and lore as well. Yep. One more. Let's see. I think I have a couple more. So, another big one with Native American culture and lore is called... Oh, I'm going to slaughter this. Nimragar. Nimragar. Nimrig. Nimragar. We're going to say Nimragar. Okay. Or Little People. These are the little people that the... um, that the um, Native Americans talk about. And we went through this a little bit on one of our other podcasts. Like the story Pogwaji? About the Pogwaji. Um, yep. They're other, uh, also known as Pogwaji. No. Yeah. Pogwaji. Exactly. Ah. That's what the Eastern, um, the name from, for them in the Eastern um, United States, the Native Americans from the Eastern called them Pogwaji. Um, the Shoshone called them the Nimragar. Again, I'm probably slaughtering that. Yeah. But again, if you go through folklore from all over the world, whether it is Africa, South America, Europe, Eastern, Western Europe, um, they all talk about little people or the Fae, which is what uh, mm-hmm. they, they call them from Eastern Europe, which are gnomes, trolls, um, elves, elves uh, and um, the famous ones from Ireland. You know this. Leprechauns. Oh, my gosh. Leprechauns, oh. yeah. So, um, but what's funny is um, the Native Americans, the Shoshone, the Utes, Paiutes, they all talk about these same kind of little people. The only difference is they have different names for them. And they live in rock piles or in, in um, boulder fields and or in certain parts of the wilderness they are really kind of mean. They steal things. They'll shoot at you with their bows. And poison arrows. Poison arrows. I mean, all different kinds of things. They're and, hunter and gatherer. Right. And the same thing with the Eastern European um, counterparts. You know, they steal from people. They're known to, you know, steal babies if they can, lure away children if they can. And it's it's kind of, you know, fascinating. Remember I have that game several that we di- used to play? It's... Uh... I can't remember what it's called, but there's a gold goblin that would, like, run around. Oh, right. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah. And and that's the funny thing about the Fae, which at some point we're going to do an, an entire episode about the Fae, too, mm-hmm. because um, you think of the Fae and you think of, you know, leprechauns and, and trolls and everything like that, and you're like, oh, those are all fairy tales. Well... Yes, they have grown into fairy tales, but they could be rooted into real things. Yes. For example, in Iceland, they still, when they build a road in Iceland, they avoid land that is designated for the gnomes Mm -hmm. and the trolls. They will put a road and spend extra money to move it around those places (laughs) where they live. That's how serious they take it. Yeah. 
and you still have people that see them um, in in various areas in Europe. And I have also interviewed several people who have run into creatures here in the Rocky Mountains. They didn't know what they were, but come to find out they were um, these little people that the Native Americans talk about. Um, one in particular, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, it's in one of our episodes where I talk about trolled on Mount Naomi. Ooh. Which one. is one of my favorite stories as well is about a gentleman hiking up there that ran into one of these creatures, and so, you know, it's it's a whole thing that's going on. But but I want to kind of emphasize that, you know, you have people that are separated by thousands and thousands and thousands of miles, separated by oceans, it's... and yet they still come up and supposedly imagine these same creatures that look the same and do the same things. Yep with different names and and i say that that there's something associated there's got to be a reason that they all have these same creatures that they they come up with i can explain it oh you can awesome underground tunnels, <laughs> underground tunnels. <laughs> or they're the same kind of creatures that that live in all different places and I go think, through the same things i think mine is more realistic I'm um, just saying. sure there's there's all kinds of folklore about <laughs> about underground um, creatures and uh, all different kinds of things like that that are it's just kind of amazing and what what I found too going into this and learning about this this week is I've studied this for years and years Native American folklore and cryptids and every time I thought I knew everything I came up with another I found another creature for example the Chulachaki that I'd never heard of. Yeah. And it matches something that I've been interviewing people about for years, which just it it solidifies what these people are telling me as true. Yeah. You know, in you know, not that I didn't believe them, but it's just another reason to solidify those stories. Uh, one that I just want to touch on a little bit because we may do an entire episode about is Thunderbirds, which uh, a good friend of mine wrote an entire book about that. When we go into that story, we'll, we'll um, talk about his book There's and a... give a shout out to him uh, about that. But uh, Thunderbirds are another thing There's... that are still being seen as well. There's especially... a place in the Midwest that mm -hmm. they trapped one and, and supposedly found another way out, and it's terrorizing the people in the Midwest now. Right. And it also shows up in Alaska. There's stories of bush pilots that all of a sudden there's a bird above them that's bigger than their plane. Dude, and Alaska is Alaska has a lot of paranormal. We're yeah, and again, we keep coming up with all these and telling you guys, oh, we're gonna do we're gonna do an entire show on Alaska too oh, because Bigfoot turn Bigfoot turns like the pine trees upside down and like sticks them in the ground. Brilliant idea. We're gonna have to go on a trip to Alaska to do research so that we can write it off as research and the entire trip. And definitely not fish and do anything. And no, right, definitely has nothing to do with fishing because, or, nope, yeah. it'd just be research. It'd so. be a complete research trip. <laughs> research all the way. Yes. That's what we're going to do. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So, again, and we're going to do a whole show about that one, but I wanted to touch on it, the, the Thunderbirds as well. Now, the last one is kind of one of my favorites because it's it's also one of the creepier ones out there. And it's also very popular right now in um, in social everything. Okay. It's the Wendigo. Oh, yes. 
Okay. I was hoping we would touch on this one. Yeah. So the Wendigo is a Native American spirit slash monster that is born when somebody turns to cannibalism. This mm-hmm. creature is born. So uh, in, a, in movies and television shows, he is shown as having deer horns and stuff like that. However, that doesn't really show up in any of the actual folklore that's of more, him having... That's more skinwalker, right? Um, That could be too. It's kind of just that vision of it that okay. you see that with horns. So, um, again, it's... Cannibalism is, in most cultures, I will emphasize by saying most cultures, cannibalism is very taboo. There are some cultures... Um, in particular in uh, I'm trying to remember um, where certain parts where you have cannibals that will do cannibalism to um, steal the strength of their um, rivals or also their belief that if you eat their body then their soul has to wander forever because they can't go to what their quote unquote heaven is because of it but overall cannibalism is taboo like, for example, in our culture, cannibalism is taboo. And taboo is a no-no. You know though, you know what taboo means, yes, right? Just, okay. just because I go to Mountain Crest. <laughs> okay, taboo, it means no-no. But in Native American culture, if somebody has turned to cannibalism, they themselves or they become or create a Wendigo spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the stories that I collected... I interviewed a gentleman named Tyler, and Tyler lived outside of Reno, Nevada. Him and his girlfriend worked at one of the casinos, and his girlfriend grew up camping. She loved to camp. He did not camp. He never grew up camping or anything, but to make her happy, he made a camping trip. He borrowed some stuff from some friends, a tent, a bunch of stuff. and they went Air mattress, all that stuff. And they went up into the Sierra, Sierra Nevada mountains. Very, another very paranormal area. Yeah, another very paranormal area. And um, they set up camp. They got somewhere, and you know what was funny is he's laughing because they got somewhere to camp that wasn't necessarily a camping spot, but it was out of the way and it was away from everybody. And he you know, admitted he was pretty much lost when they found it, but they figured they'd be able to find their way out. <laughs> Uh, again, not an outdoors guy, which is fine. Uh, they make camp, have dinner, set up the tent, go to bed. Mm-hmm. He wakes up in the middle of the night to a weird rasping sound and dragging. And it's a, a dragging sound and and just a really weird raspy kind of, you know, breathing. And... You know, he listens and it walks into camp, whatever it is. And if you've ever heard somebody that's that's trying to breathe that has, um, you know, breathing problems asthma. or asthma or something, he, sound, he said it sounded like somebody was trying to breathe with um, sick phlegm and just everything in their in their chest. It was just a, almost like a, a gaping wound, what it sounded like. And he, he kind of poked poked his head through to look out the window and here's this guy standing in his tent in his camp and being from the city he's like oh it's a homeless person you know that's his first thought is there some homeless guy in our camp so he grabs the flashlight unzips the the tent and sticks his head out and yells at this guy 
and this guy has run to the side of the their camp next to a tree and he's got his hand up next to the tree and he's facing away from him and the guy uh the guy tyler yells at him hey what are you doing in our camp and the guy turns over his shoulder and looks at tyler and tyler just about dies this guy is completely emaciated his eyes are sunken in he looks like a walking corpse yeah and he, he with this this sound was him dragging one of his feet and trying to breathe but just horrible gasping look like an extra out of the walking dead kind of a thing <laughs> Tyler freaks out and screams. His girlfriend screams. This creature turns and runs into the forest with his dragging its foot and just... <laughs> Tyler gets up, basically breaks the tent, throwing everything into the into the car, yeah. and they take off. Um, his girlfriend, he asks his girlfriend, his girlfriend's seen the exact same thing he said. He saw this emaciated corpse, naked corpse, um, and um, they they can't get find their way out of the forest because they were they're lost. So he does the only thing he can think of is and that's drive out into an open area where there's not very many trees. So whatever this creature is can't sneak up on them again at night. They sit in the car until light. The sun finally comes out and they slowly drive around and find their way out of the forest. So he tells me this story, and we talk through it. And this is a, a very classic Wendigo-type creature. Yes. It's emaciated, looks like it's starving, it's looking for food, it wanders the forest, always looking for food, but never being able to fill its its stomach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always hungry. You know, that's why he came into his camp. Oddly enough that I find this fascinating too is the fact that where he's talking about the camp was is less than 20 miles from where the Donner party was. Really? Yeah. He's talking about it and if you if you look he doesn't know exactly where he was but it's not far from where the Donner party had their horrible winter um, cannibalism feast up there. That's Which crazy. is kind of weird to think about that possibly because of the Donner Party, you may have multiple Wendigos that were created and are now um, wandering the Sierra Nevada mountains. Very creepy, for sure. Yeah. And again, we're probably going to do another episode on Native American cryptids because I we just barely scraped the surface yeah. of some of them that went on. I, I have... It's not really a story, but it's more of like a comment. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird things that goes on in Nevada as well. There's mm-hmm. the miss, the missing gold, which is a really interesting story. Yeah. Uh, some guy found a bunch of... Wait, hold on. There's um, all different kinds of things that go on in Nevada. You've got the Area 51 in Nevada. You have a lot of ghost stories. You have a lot of um, ghost towns in Nevada. We, also, we have a ghost town pretty close to us yep we've got and we're gonna do an entire la platte we're gonna do an entire episode on ghost towns too and ghost stories from ghost towns as well because i think what we should do is to fully experience what they experience we need to go to a ghost town. we need to go to hey i'm all for it this summer we're gonna do some uh exploring and bring back some 
we're going to bring back some stories of our own. We're going to go on an expedition, go camp in what I'm calling the Bigfoot Triangle up near, uh, up near Beaver Mountain, where a lot of the stories that I've collected are all come from that area. And we're going to do a lot of things like that. We're going to bring them to our our listeners and tell stories and tales and quite possibly film them as well who knows, <laughs> who knows that, that we might be you know in really good shape if we can get filmed that's really rare so again i, I have a gopro you, know, you have a gopro there you go uh we'll make it happen we'll make it happen and again i want to thank everybody for joining us i hope you enjoyed if you did please subscribe um leave us a comment email us if you have an idea of something you want us to talk about and research, email us, uh, contact us through strangerbridgerland.com. And again, I am author John Olson, and this has been Colton Olson. Yes. Thanks for joining us on Stranger Bridgerland. See you guys next time. Thank you for joining us in the world of the paranormal. For more stories, visit strangerbridgerland.com.